Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Welcome to the Ransom Heart Podcast. We are about to wade into some deeper waters this week. We'd like to take you to an excerpt from John's teaching on healing the wound that comes from our newest audio release, the Wild at Heart Bootcamp Platinum Collection. Honesty is your friend. Really is. In this journey, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. Part of that just requires honesty and being able to name things and face things, admit things, come clean, put it out there. Because as difficult as that is to, to face the poser and something that we're you know, walking through genuinely now, as hard as that is to do, the good news is that's not the deepest thing about you. The poser is not the deepest thing about you. It's just in the way. It's really good news because after living with it for so many years, it can feel like the truest thing about you. No, no, this is who I am. This, you know, if I don't do this, I don't know who I am. If I don't you know, be the nice guy, the tough guy, whatever it is, the smart guy, the creative guy, if I don't do that, I don't have a sense of self. But you do. It's in there. Your heart is in there. The poser's not the deepest, and it's not the truest thing about you. That there's a, it's called the false self because it's false. So we face it, we look at it, we set it aside to find a real and genuine strength, the real man. You've got to be honest about the way you're faking it and the way you've been faking it for years and set that aside so that you can find the real deal. In Genesis chapter 3... Adam falls, and something in men at that point is surrendered, something really essential to our nature. And he goes into hiding, right? And then the father comes looking for him. It's so absolutely beautiful. There isn't the anger. There isn't the, where are you? Get out here. You know, there's just none of that. You know, there's Adam, Adam, Joe, Dave, Michael, Stephen, where are you? Where are you, son? Father comes looking for him, and then Adam gives the explanation, right? I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. That feeling is what compels the false self. And so what you meet when you meet a man is rarely the real deal. What you normally meet is his fig leaf, Right? We call it our personality, right? but it, it actually tends to be that persona that has been created over time right? by figuring out what the world wants from us, what's going to you know, keep us from exposure, what's going to get us a little validation, a little something, right? And we, I mean, we take this off like coats and hats depending on the situation we're in. Right? There's one way we are at work and one way we are at church. You know, we are with the guys down at the gym. And you know what I'm talking about. All that's fig leaf. Afraid, naked, hiding. Okay? So 
I want to start with the movie The Kid. It's a Walt Disney film starring Bruce Willis. Absolutely brilliant movie on the masculine journey. I would like to think they had read Wild at Heart before they wrote the script. I mean, it, it is right on. It's just stunning. They get it. And first they give you the man. And the man is Russell Duritz, image consultant, a royal poser. And then the story of the movie is, is kind of the unmasking and the exposing of the fig leaf and then how did I become this. But as far as the image of God goes, I mean, whoa, whoa, what is with this guy? He's harsh. He's impatient. He has absolutely no capacity for compassion, right? He's heartless. He's heartless. And here's a really interesting clue, by the way, guys. The way you treat your heart is the way you will end up treating everyone else's. So this guy is shut down. I mean, he is royally shut down, and he's trying to shut everybody else down. Would you please stop crying? You're giving me a headache, right? Would you please shut up? I mean, he's arrogant. He's smart. He's really good at what he does. He's well-paid. The governor, you know, calls on him when she's in trouble. But, oh, man, what is with this guy? Right, that's the beginning of the movie. What is with this guy? How did he become like that? And then unfolds the story of the kid. Now, what happens in the story, it's his 40th birthday. And he hates his life. He has no close friends. He's irritated by everyone. He's a very shut down guy. And he has lost heart. He's lost heart. Longfellow said, we may meet a man and think him cold when he is merely sad. This guy is a royal poser, but there's something going on beneath this, right? There's always a story. There is always a story. Your life is a story, and most of the answers to what has shaped us into the people that we are today, the men that we are today, is back in our story. So in the movie, what happens is his eight-year-old self shows up. The kid in the movie is him when he's eight, and by some, you know, time magic or whatever, his eight-year-old self shows up in his house. And and he's like, what are you doing here? How do I get rid of you? And the little boy's excited to see what to see what he is when he grows up. He's like, wow, I get to see my grown-up self. And and so he's running around the house and he's yelling, Chester! He says, what are you doing? He says, I'm looking for my dog. Chester, the world's greatest dog. When I grow up, I'm having a dog. He says, no, there's there's no dog here. He says, well, you fly jets, don't you? You fly jets because when I grow up, I'm going to be a pilot. He says, no, no, you don't fly jets, no. And he says, well, do you drive a truck? Because when I grow up, I'm going to get a truck, aren't I? He says, no, you don't drive a truck. He says, well, how come you live alone? Where's the lady of the house? Don't you have a family? He says, no, there's, there's no lady here. He says, I don't drive a truck. I don't have a dog. I don't fly jets. and I'm not married. He says, I grow up to be a loser. <laughs> right? And a little child shall lead them. The little boy exposes his false self. He exposes all of his posing, all that he's doing to make life work, right? That whole thing about creating a life that works for you, a safe life. You can do that, but it'll kill you. He's trying to explain to the boy what he actually does for a living, and he is a professional poser, 
right? That's what he does. He, he teaches people how to more effectively lie about who they really are. And the boy can't get that figured out, but they go on to take a journey because the question becomes, where did he lose heart? Right? What happened to me? What did I become? What did I become? Jerry Maguire asks, right? Just another shark in a suit. What had I become? How did this happen to me? And so they go on a journey together, and that's the unfolding story of the kid. Back to that in a moment. What is um, just so painful every time I watch that is I used to be that guy. I used to be that guy. I used to work in Washington, D.C. I would send my, my uh, shirts to the cleaners and order heavy starch because, I mean, I wanted to be crisp, you know. I was angry. I was angry and um, driven, really driven, type A, workaholic, and a perfectionist. And the anger would come out when things weren't perfect, right? And I began to just start putting these things together and go, whoa, whoa, I have no close friends. You want to stop and go, you meet a man who has no close friends? What's with that? Right? What's with the guardedness, the isolation, the distance, and no real intimacy with God? I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I'm going to church. I, I really was you know, committed to my faith, but there was no intimacy, no connection with God. I lived under this incredible sense of pressure, right? This, this constant pressure of it's up to me, it's up to me, it's up to me, which is a lot of where that anger and perfectionism was coming from. And then, oh man, really uncomfortable around men. Really uncomfortable around I would never have gone to something like this. I mean, how, how beautiful is God? You know, uh, I, I, that's just no way. Just a really uncomfortable around, especially men who seem like, you know, real men, men's men. If successful guys or athletic guys or, you know, guys who are confident and, really uncomfortable around men, no close relationships, no intimacy with God. And I would just wake up in the night to fear. I couldn't name it. I don't know that I could have told you even what it was about. I would just wake up at night to this, this dread. You know what I'm talking about? The two in the morning stuff where you're just lying there and, and there's a story. There's a story. What did I become? What did I become? I... Um, I am the only son in my family. I have two older sisters. So when I was really young, um, I kind of had a special place. I, I had my dad, right? He loved to fish. My sisters weren't interested, but I loved to fish. So we'd go fishing together, and he was a traveling salesman. And uh, I didn't see him a lot during the school year, but in the summers, he'd take me with him. That's how I would wind up at my grandfather's ranch. We'd go on these trips together, and, you know, he'd call on his clients and his customers, and, and then we'd find places to fish together. And, I mean, it was awesome. I, me and my dad on the road together, eating at the A&W and, you know, fishing at little streams and, and rivers and lakes and stuff. And then he dropped me off at my grandfather's ranch, you know, on the loop through. And I had a really great relationship with my dad when I was young. I'm talking five, six, seven in those years. Um, and he was a good guy. He was a good guy. But then through a, a series of 
just blows that he took, lost his job, couldn't get another one. I think he had a really disappointing marriage, frankly. My mom is a very difficult person to live with, very demanding, unmerciful kind of woman. She came from high society. He was a country kid. You know, he grew up in the ranch country, and then he marries this, you know, this high society woman that's used to living at a certain level and feeling like he couldn't match up to that. And he started drinking and uh, no job. And, and uh, he'd leave in the morning, but I'd never know where he'd went. You know, and then he'd come home in the kind of the middle of the day and he'd be hammered. And, you know, for a kid, that's an earthquake. To lose your father is an earthquake. He checked out. He was gone. He just disappeared. And spiritually, emotionally, physically, relationally, I am suddenly an orphan. And a boy does not know how to process that. He doesn't. I mean, was it something I did? You know, is there something wrong with me? Why wouldn't he stay? Why wouldn't he fight for me? And the fishing trips ended, you know, and all of that just ended with my dad. No more camping, no more any of that. And instead, you know, when he was home, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, is he going to be drunk and angry or, 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 you know, kind of freaky to a little boy? Or is he going to be the sober dad? And all of that's just, it's devastating. And in the, the deep, deep wounding, that enters in when you lose your father in one way or another. Um, For me, the wounding was abandonment. The wounding was, I am on my own. I am on my own. I almost can remember the day that I came to that realization and just said, okay, I get it. This is the way life works. Now I'm, I'm about 10, 11, 12 in those years. And I remember, I'm on my own. And just making this deep vow, fine, I will never need anyone. And then out of that, the drivenness, the fear, the compulsion, the perfectionism, really uncomfortable with men. And and as I began to unpack this in my 30s, I realized the people I was most angry with were older men around me. You know, bosses who wouldn't come through, pastors who wouldn't come through. There was this anger um, because of the the deep wounds uh, from my dad, absolutely devastating to me and 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 that question that every man carries that question is meant to be answered by your father that 's how masculinity is bestowed. The little boy has a question, right? Do I have what it takes? And the father is the one who 's supposed to answer that question, yeah. Yes, you do, right? You're amazing. And, and just through time together and experiences and adventures and battles you fight together, the boy comes to a settled assurance. Well, I didn't get that. And I felt like I was just walking around with a question mark on my chest, you know? I don't know. I don't know. And so fear, I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid. I hid behind a persona of, I got it all together. I hid behind no relationship, keep distance with people, don't let anybody know you, don't let anybody close, right? Because I don't know, inside I feel like I'm 10 years old inside, right? But I've got to come through as a man and so all the faking it and the bravado and then the anger and the unnamed fear, this is actually Russell's story. So you get this guy 
who looks confident. You get this guy who looks like he's on top of the world, but he's just wounding people left and right and get out of my way and get your act together, right? Get your act together. Well, little Russell and big Russell go on a journey. And the journey is to figure out where did I lose heart? Where did I lose heart? They've got to go back in his story and journey through to kind of find out, was it this? Was it that? What happened to me? Hope you enjoyed that excerpt from John's session on healing the wound. Healing the wound is part of the larger collection we're calling Wild at Heart Boot Camp, the Platinum Collection. If you'd like to hear the entire teaching on this, you can order that collection at ransomedheart.com slash platinum collection. As we mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, these really are deep waters, and you may need a lot more than you can find in just the podcast alone. We have a whole host of resources available through ransomheart.com. You might want to check out our allies network. It's a place where you can post something that you're offering in the message of Wild at Heart for other people. It's a way where you can find a counselor. You can find someone offering a retreat or a Bible study based on Wild at Heart. You can connect with us on Facebook, join a community, ransomheart.net, or find many, many more resources that can help you navigate the deep waters of the human heart.